Now, Thursdays, we get the latest with the Arizona Diamondbacks from president and CEO of the uh, club, Derek Hall, who joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Derek, good morning. How are you? Hello there, Vince. Hi, Vic. Hello, uh, Derek. Doing much better till the seventh inning last night, but I'm doing okay. Oh, let's start there. That one that was, was rough. I mean, it's just impossible not to get sucked into what Zach Gallen is doing right now. He has just been amazing. He was on our show last Friday and talked about you know this being the best he's been, and then the complete turnaround in the seventh inning. That was a rough one. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, a lot of times teams will get a lift when, when they're getting dominated by a pitcher and that pitcher comes out. And, and that's obviously what happened there. It was, ooh, we'll see. We'd rather see anybody than Zach Allen right now. And I think we felt the same way about Singer. They, it was a great pitcher's duel. Uh, to, you know, to split the series is okay, but I, I certainly felt like we were going to get out of there with two wins the way Zach was pitching. All right, so give us the update on when Corbin, Car- or as Gambo would say, Corbin Carroll! <laughs> When's he joining the festivities, Derek? Yeah, Bick, I, I think it's great that, that you're asking and you're focused on him, and, and I think our fans are too, which is cool. We haven't had you know such, such a prospect like that in quite some time. Um, it, it is exciting, and I think he is the, the way he's performing is the reason why we're asking. You know, and it, yeah. he fits in perfectly with this young, energetic style that we're seeing from this team. And you know, he can play the corners, he can play center field. He's going to be a nice fit, and it's getting closer and closer. I mean, he he went through Double A in a hurry. He got to Triple A and he struggled for all of five to seven days and then made the adjustment and tore it up. And he's, you know, hitting 300 and, and multi-hit games and extra base hits and, and just a, a tremendous player, both offensively and de- defensively. I, I think, I, like I said last time to you guys, he's he's going to make his way to this big league roster and it, it's it's going to happen soon. And Jordan Lawler getting uh, promoted to double A, made his debut last night. He's He's not far off the radar either, is he? No, he's unbelievable. You know, he's so he's so young and talented and having the, the both of these guys had the shoulder issue last year and how they bounced back so quickly. Uh, Lawler's outstanding. I mean, this guy is uh, he's a tremendous offensive player. And, and to, to be that premier player at shortstop position gives us a great deal of depth there. All right, a couple items of heavy lifting, D, if you don't mind. There was a, a recent column by my ex- former colleague, Ken Summers, uh, sort of issuing or outlining some of the issues with Chase Field recently. And we, we all know this. The building's almost 25 years of age and hasn't exactly yeah. aged well. It, you made it very clear that, that you guys need to get moving on a long-term solution. Can you update us on that? Sure. Yeah, and, and we do need to, um, obviously, because you know it's either invest heavily into the building that we're in now or, or go somewhere else here locally in a, in a you know new new ballpark and so with the last three years pandemic economy we just have not been looking so you know I, I think that the quote for me was kick it into high gear yeah. you know and that's that's certainly where we are um, that building is old and you know that's no excuse um, but we've had some major issues this year like we've talked about on the show with the roof with the door panels once um, we've had the you know, light bulb obsolescent issues for years. So it, it's what's best for the fans, what's best for the experience. We're always going to pump millions each year into that building. Um, but when you have a huge problem like the roof, I mean, that's not a quick fix. You know, that's going to take months. So you can't bring in cranes. You can't start working on it because you've got a baseball season and a schedule. And then you've got non-baseball events and concerts. So we're going to have to get really, uh, you know, strategic there and figuring out how exactly to address some of those issues so that we can keep it as, as nice as possible from 
from the day it opened. And I, and I think we've done a nice job of it, but a lot of times it's Band-Aid, you know, and, and um, we, like I said, we'll continue to invest. You know, even if we have a possibility of, of moving into a new ballpark somewhere, we're not there. But if we do, you're still looking at, you know, three, four years of construction. So we still have to address all those needs at the ballpark, and that's on us. Um, you know, we don't have a, a municipality that can throw 200, 250 into, into the building, so that's always going to be a responsibility of ours. I, I'm curious about this because I really genuinely don't know, and some of these mistakes you, you guys in the current regime have had nothing to do with. The size of the ballpark, that was clearly an error and overestimation, nothing to do with you guys. I, the retractable roof, you obviously need one, and it, it's not great for a summertime sport. Has, has technology changed in terms of retractable roofs where they're not as cumbersome, where they're maybe a little more translucent? Update me on that, if you will. It has. I, I think they would be certainly from a speed standpoint, Vic. I think you know you can open and close the roof a lot quicker than 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 we did say 25 years ago. And still, five minutes isn't bad, and that's that's typically what it's been. Um, but there's different ways to do it. If you go and you look at what how Minute Maid opens or how Miami opens or Seattle, they're different than ours. So technology definitely has changed, and and that's throughout the ballpark. But the other thing that's really changed, um, and you said it, capacity has changed. Where it was you know, the, the Rockies and and the D-backs decided back then, ooh, let's go for as close to 50,000 as we can mm-hmm. and try and pack the place. Uh, I think it's pretty clear now that you're seeing 35, you know, is kind of a, a normal number with new ballparks. And there's a lot of premium areas throughout ballparks, whereas now, you know, our ballpark just doesn't have those premium areas. So if we were going to address everything at our ballpark, you'd be looking at capacity. You'd be looking at bringing in new premium areas and having more um, different technology when it comes to scoreboards. And, and you know, the out-of-town score Boards, which I've always loved those. I think they're, they're a great feature at our ballpark. But we've had half the fans saying, hey, you know, the light bulbs don't work most of the time. Get rid of it. Put something else there. And then we have other, you know, saying we want it to stay there. Um, and as Kent pointed out, if you want to check out a town scoreboard, you could probably look at your phone. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is but, true. But, because technology has changed for the fans. Yeah. Right? I mean, so many fans are looking at their phone now to see highlights, to see scores. What do we need? You know, I think that's going to continue to change. <laughs> it's interesting. Derek Hall, president and CEO of the Diamondbacks, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I think fans were happy in the offseason that the investment that the team made roster-wise was really the back end of the bullpen, bringing in uh, Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson, guys who had had a lot of success recently. Yet, if you look at the reason why maybe the D-backs are on the outside looking into the wildcard chase right now, it's been the back end of the bullpen. How surprising has that been for you to watch, Derek? It's been surprising, yeah. And, and you're right, Vince. I mean, if we take away the losses, or blown saves, uh, we are we are in the thick of it, which is which is incredible. Just the turnaround from from last year to this year with with a lot of use. Um, but when you have starters who have been performing very well as our guys have really all year, I mean, you look at Zach Davies, you look at Merrill Kelly, you look at you know, uh, of course Zach Gallen. These guys have have pitched very well yet. They don't exactly go complete game seven, eight. And when you have that, you're going to put a lot of strain on your bullpen, whether it's, you know, the, the long relievers, the guys that are coming in in the seventh or eighth, or even our guys that are coming in to close because they're being used so much. And, and I think we're seeing the wear and tear on a bullpen. Most clubs go through that, uh, but we've also had a lot of injuries. We're going to get some of those guys back, um, you know, the Middleton and, and Caleb Smith. We haven't seen those guys in a while. So yeah. when we get our bullpen back looking like it was earlier when we were doing so well, I think we'll see different results, but we certainly expect more to answer your question at the back end of that bullpen, and that was the investment because we had so much difficulty last year, especially at the end of games.
You know, after a few trying seasons, I think Diamondbacks fans are very optimistic at the light we all see in front of us with this youth movement and, and what Mike Hazen's been able to kind of create here, uh, which is why it was surprising to read a Bob Nightingale piece the other day that kind of put Tori Lovello's contract status, you know, under in the crosshairs once again. He had a line in there that the front office recommended a contract extension for Tori, but the ownership decided now is not the time on that. Can you offer any clarity on the future of your manager. Yeah, Bick, I'm not, I'm not sure where that came from, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, and Mike and I talk you know, all the time about uh, about future of, of scouts, future of coaches, future of Tory. You know, I, I've said to you guys over and over, I'm a, I'm a big Tory fan, and obviously Mike is too. They have that history. And Tory and his coaching staff have done a tremendous job. We made changes for the coaching staff in the offseason. I think they've proven to be impactful changes. Um, but, you know, you, you obviously at the end of this year we're going to have a decision to make and you know this is a it's a tough time for this ball club because the schedule is so tough so you don't want to say up oh, it's going to come down to this final month that's not the case at all i mean we we've enjoyed what tory has done especially this year and it's a decision that we'll make at the end of the year on on his future but i'll tell you this and you guys you, you guys know this the great thing about tory lavello is he doesn't care right he's not worrying about it it doesn't impact anything he does he's not insecure he doesn't bring it up, and I love that he's just a total pro and goes out there and continues to do his job and, and wants this team to get better and better, and we're, we've seen those results. Derek, as always, thanks for the uh, candor, stuff, the insight. Dude. Appreciate yep. it. We'll talk to you next week.